0: A lot of what used to be differentiators, most companies are doing these things and the competitive advantages that you thought you once had, you don't really have anymore because everyone else is doing it.
1: This is the PMP Industry Insider
2: Podcast. Hello, everyone, welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the industry, and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest and Triangle Lawn. And with me, um, probably a little too much, I've been spending a lot of time with this guy, and I can't say that I've enjoyed it all the way, But but with me is my co-host, co-partner, I don't... I don't know what I would call that. Yeah. Dan, introduce yourself, our sponsors, and our special guests. I think.
1: Well, I can honestly say that I've enjoyed all of our time together. So, um, you know, <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. It's uh, Dan Gordon, PCO Bookkeepers, PCO MNA Specialists. Uh, today's uh, episode, as uh, the others, are sponsored by CoalMarch by WorkWave. If you want to learn more about digital marketing, go to coalmarch.com and PestSure for those who want insurance for the pest control industry. And um, today we are going to continue our discussion that we had last week with uh, Rachel Bitterbid of um, VP of Digital Marketing by Comarch. And um, so... uh, Uh, we had a pretty uh, good discussion and we thought we only got through half of what we wanted to. So we figured we would uh, do another one and uh, get the whole thing down because marketing is extremely important. And
2: we know that uh, going into
1: 2024, that everybody's got to put their plan together. And
2: I I was going to say, to be fair, I think on the last episode, we kind of like, Preached everyone to hell, but didn't bring them back, right? We kind of like told them all the stuff that was going wrong and bad, not wrong and bad, but just that all the challenges, but we didn't actually get around to now. Here's here's what you do. But before we get to that, and before we get Rachel going here. What did I forget? There's going to be a photo that's gonna go up for this for this episode. Last week, Dan and I were in a city, particular city at a particular restaurant, and we were asked. What was the special occasion to which I said it was Dan's birthday, and we stuck with it the entire night? I, I didn't stick and, with it,
1: and I, I didn't know that it was going to happen. <laughs> However, um, there were 12 of us or 13 of us, and they brought out a cake with candles. <laughs>
2: that and was fantastic. Happy birthday. And,
1: and, and my birthday's in November, so um,
2: it's <laughs> fantastic. What, uh, that's what yeah, I we said. went with it. So, there you go. So, all Every, right. He, that's that's exactly you got free cake it's all good yeah it's all good presents. so yes okay all right rb well hey welcome back yet another record i think this is what number four with rb which is uh yeah did that on purpose yep Yep. Yep. yeah yeah and so we had these set up and so great to have you back um so what i was thinking is you know we again we talked last time about kind of how demand is down and what's been going on, you know, as far as like inflation and we kind of got into a lot of numbers. Do you just want to, I mean, I think it'd be good just to do a real quick recap of our last show and, and let's start digging into what we can do to, uh, um, you know, to really to to set up for next year, because obviously that's what most people are thinking about right now.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds good. Um, to kind of recap our conversation from our last podcast, which hopefully you're listening to back to back, um, but pretty much what we went through is the data that is we have access to both within WorkWave, industry data that is just objectively showing that industry growth for the pest control and lawn care industry has slowed down in 2023, but competition remains the same. So in a nutshell, the metaphorical Size of the pie has stayed the same, but everybody's slice is getting smaller and smaller. There's a lot of challenges that are coming from that um, in the form of, you know, ad costs are rising, less demand. It's harder and harder for pests and lawn companies to meet their revenue goals. Cost per leads are high, you know, having to essentially spend more to get less Um, and, and what to do with that. I think that's the part we haven't gotten to yet is, okay, we know everything is, you know, not looking good, but what do we actually do about it? How do we pivot? Our marketing strategy, maybe even part of it, our business strategy, where we focus our efforts. So I think that's kind of where we're at now to talk about.
2: Yeah. So let's let's get into it. So obviously there's change that's driving all of this, right? The game is changed. I mean, the game constantly changes. And I mean, stuff that, you know, we knew three years ago that was working, it's not working now. I thought it would be good. Maybe we talk through kind of the really big, I mean, things are always changing. I, f- I feel like the algorithm changes every, you know, 90 days or whatever. Can you just walk us through real quick? Like what are the biggest changes to, you know, basically digital that you've seen in the last year or two and then, and, and then what, what, what impact that might have? And, and then obviously what we would do, I mean, of course, we want to get to what we're going to do, but just, can you just walk through some of the the newer changes?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of the biggest changes is not necessarily the way that Google's algorithm changes, because even though there are a lot of changes and as digital marketers, we have to keep up with those changes, they generally stay the same. For the most part, ranking factors are pretty much the same now as they were 10 years ago. I think it's more consumer behavior and how people are finding what they need that's changing and how you as a business need to keep up with that, as well as just some other things, as far as like a a big thing that we've been kind of talking about as digital marketers are just data and privacy. Um, this is a big topic of conversation just in the entire world right now, as far as you know, more and more people are using VPNs and they're hiding their IP addresses. And there's emerg- emerging privacy laws in different states to really hide users information um, so that other people can't sell it to people like us marketers, right? Um, phasing out third party cookies, a lot of technical elements. And so to the average pest control owner, it's like, okay, what the heck does that mean for me? But really as digital marketers, Marketers, what we're seeing is that we're not getting as much data on users as we're used to, and so attribution is getting trickier and trickier. And data as a whole that you know we pretty much use to make so many decisions is becoming less and less reliable. And so that's something I like to mention just to keep in mind. That I know you know a lot of business owners are running campaigns, spending money in all different kinds of you know platforms and channels, and looking at things often in a vacuum. You know, what does my Google Ads cost per lead look like? What is my SEO cost per lead look like, right? And using that data to make business decisions on what they should do advertising wise. And so really what I want everyone to take away with this is that data is getting trickier and trickier. And so attribution is getting harder and harder. So, you know, we need to evolve with that, meaning we need to not look at things in such a vacuum because we we can't really trust it. And also the way that users are finding solutions to their problems are not very linear, right? Like someone may see a streaming ad of your business and not take any action and then see a display ad again, not take any action. And then, you know, search your brand name and think about taking action. And then two days later, search for pest control and then come through, through a PPC ad, right? Like how do you attribute that, that lead? And if it becomes a sale, how do you attribute that to a specific source? And you can't really, right? So that's kind of the concept of omni-channel marketing and just people, users are not limited to one channel to f- buying things or to finding solutions. And so with that, needing to focus less on that, that granular data and more on the bigger picture data and what it's telling you over a period of time as far as what is working and what's not, and just so, pivoting. So is that, any,
1: is, is that anything new? Uh, like years ago, people were saying, well, geez, how did you see me? How, how'd you find me? Uh, you know, they'd call in on the pay-per-click, right? They So they'd, uh, they'd Google your name, They'd hit the sponsored ad, which unfortunately cost you a bunch of money. How'd you hear about us? Oh, I saw your truck drive by. Is it gotten any worse or is it the same? And the whole VPN thing, average consumers are are doing this to to hide their uh, identities. That's, you know, that's an interesting one.
0: Yeah no it's definitely it's definitely gotten worse um especially on the VPN side so essentially people are using private networks to browse the internet meaning you can't there's certain information that you can't tie to a session or a user going to your website, like their location, where they're converting from, where they came from, right? So that's kind of information that I think a lot of marketers and business owners rely on as far as where are my leads coming from, from a market standpoint, where am I down in leads from a market standpoint, right? And if you can't trust that location data, that's just kind of a blind spot now from a marketing perspective. And it's not an all or nothing thing. It's just, it's getting worse. We're seeing more and more data in Google Analytics that does not have demographic data associated with it that doesn't have source medium data associated me- with it, meaning we can't really tell where they came from or what they did on the website, but we know that they, you know, picked up the phone and called. Um, and well, so, yes, you, it's definitely you, getting worse.
2: You, you said Very something though, that I want to, I want to bring back, which was, um, you know, it's becoming more and more omni-channel now, whereas before we could use, you know, the sniper method with digital, it it really is broadening out and you got to whip out your shotgun. You know, what I mean like you just cannot I don't know if Dan probably gets gun metaphors here I should probably stop using them. But anyway, but I'm I'm making the point that and and look, like, I've seen this several times like with people who who do kind of multi-channel marketing, they do get better results online because the fact is is that not all attribution is, you know, even if it comes through that channel, it's not that's not the intent, right? I mean that's not where they really found out about you. And I'm going to have a little fun with you Dan. Do you know who John Wanamaker was? Do you remember who he was? No. no John Wan John Wanamaker. Anyone? No. no? Somebody no? with a he gun. He was like one of the most famous marketers ever, like legitimately. Like he came up with like, you know, get people to brush their teeth. I mean just this, this is... but he had a quote that I will never forget and I memorized it. I don't know why it stuck with me, but you know the quote was half the money I spent on advertising is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half. You don't know which half. So, bringing it back to you, Rachel, I think the main thing here is that I, and I really like that you said that is that, you know, marketing now it's getting more difficult to get the data. You can't be a sniper any longer, and you really got to start thinking about uh, omni-channel and start thinking about how you're going to get multiple ways of getting to your customer because it is not, it's It's not as easy. easy. And so, I want to bring that into now. So now what? Right. Like now, like, how do I, if, if that's the case, and I'm, and, you know, it's getting more expensive, everyone is jumping on, what do I do? You know, what, what do I do as a business owner? Like, how do I, how do I set up so that I can make sure that the money that I am spending, you know, it, I know I can't get as detailed as I was before, but what, what can I do? So let's spend some time on that.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a few other things as far as how the landscape has changed the most that I want to focus on because I think it will inform kind of what do we do. And so two things I want to mention, ease and convenience is everything in this day and age. People are impatient. Consumers want fast information. They want to book things without talking to people. They don't want to spend a ton of time researching, right? They want to make fast fast decisions. And so what we're seeing is growing use of texting, online booking, web chats, right? A lot of companies are already utilizing these tools on their website or in in different forms. Um, Another interesting thing that I think is important to mention is on-demand home service apps like TaskRabbit are growing. It's an industry that is essentially booming. And so that's something that I think a lot of pest and lawn companies are probably not taking the most advantage of, but it's something to keep in mind to just further, you know, confirm that people want ease and they want convenience. So how can you as a company make it as easy as possible for someone to find your company? Hang on,
2: stop, stop, stop. TaskRabbit, What what are you talking about? Hang on, back yeah. that up. I'm not I'm not familiar with this. And if you're telling me that boom and obviously I'm not on the I'm not on the end here. So what yeah what's so
0: so Task Rabbit, th- this is kind of an industry in itself as far as on-demand home service apps. Think think of things like Angie, Thumbtack, Home Advisor, TaskRabbit is one that has come onto the market uh the last couple of years, and it's definitely not meant to be used necessarily by businesses. It's more individual people that contractors that go on there offer services for an hourly rate. But it's just the general consensus that people are looking for ease and convenience, whether it's through a business or it's working with you know a third-party contractor. If you can go and open an app and find someone, get a price and book it right on the spot, more and more people are leaning towards that option. So how can you as a business adapt and make it as easy as possible? Even if you're not going to advertise on TaskRabbit because it doesn't make sense for you, this industry in general is booming because users and consumers in general, they want ease and they want convenience and they want to do things fast. So if you are not in on you know, that notion and your business isn't set up to provide that kind of fast information and pricing and service, then you're already kind of lagging behind. And so, again, there's what does that look like for business owners? Online booking options, texting, web chats, all the different mechanisms in which you can get people fast information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So I was was having some technical difficulty. Can you hear me now?
2: We can hear you. better. So Dan is back with us.
1: Did I blow up the podcast before? Because
2: well, my gosh, you, 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 my you left a cliffhanger where you're going to have this just amazing thought, and then your mic died. So oh, apparently I don't
1: remember it. It it blew my 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 brains out. But uh, uh, I think one of the I just got off the phone with somebody who told me that um, you know that that uh, the digital doesn't work anymore because um, you know uh, they're pushing it all to Google Local Services. Uh, they're getting and, and he can only close at fifteen percent of those Google Local services. Now, on the surface, that seems like okay, but at the end of the day, that sounds like a sales problem, not a marketing problem, right? Tell me about some of the things that on in digital that are working. Maybe the Google Local services, which for the most part, we 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 seem to think that that works pretty well.
0: Yeah. And I think all of the things that have historically worked for most companies in this industry are continuing to work, right? SEO, local, as far as Google Maps, PPC, you know, PPC is getting harder and harder in the sense that it's getting more expensive. But collectively, you know, across 150 clients, it's still one of the biggest way that our ways that our customers generate more customers and more business. So I think a lot of those things are staying the same. But again, where we need to adapt is in general, something that we're seeing that is getting bigger and bigger that is talked a lot about in the industry is what we call like zero click searches, which is essentially people are going to Google and they're finding what they need on Google and they're not even making it to your website. So it's not to say that your website isn't important. It's just meant to say that you need to do whatever you can to have as much visibility on Google as possible, whether that is through ads, whether that's through local services, but especially the map section, which unfortunately is very proximity-based. So as a you know service area-based company, that doesn't tend to bode well for our customers. But zero-click searches are on the rise. People aren't even making it to your website. So how can you get as much visibility on Google as possible, not just when it comes to SEO, but in all the different sections of what the landscape of Google looks like. And so a big thing that we've talked a lot about with our clients, and I know we've obviously talked with you, Donnie, for Triangle is is kind of what we call, um, adopting a digital franchise model where you have a lot of locations throughout your service area, not necessarily locations that you are operationally working out of, but that are online locations that are in close proximity to the different areas, zip codes, that have a lot of opportunity to really maximize that visibility that you have in a Google search, because it's hang on you know,
2: it's, let me pause you there though just just a disclaimer for our our listeners you would probably be it it's probably easier to get a top secret clearance than it is to get one of these locations approved i mean it is unreal if you've not done this recently we're talking like videos i mean like the whole bit like it's it's insane what you have to do to validate these locations it's nowhere near as easy as it used to be where you just get a postcard and you know you 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 validate that postcard
1: continuous videos right you can't uh you can't just turn it off and go someplace to your to your call center and and go back right
0: right it needs to be a legitimate just a little side note Yep. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, if you follow the rules, it doesn't have to be hard, but I think a lot of people want to cut corners and they want to get virtual addresses or addresses that are just made up and aren't really real. And yes, Google is doing, it. it's best to kind of weed out those those people that are trying to game the system. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, if you have a legitimate address, you know, it theoretically, it shouldn't be that hard to get it approved, but when you're not following the rules then yes it definitely can be but there there's instances for sure where people are still having issues but in general that's that's something that we still continue to push especially for people who have large service areas you know if you're you're servicing across three different states and you have one location that is hours away from all of the different areas that you service you're, you're essentially going to have Absolutely. no visibility from a local standpoint. So that is definitely not working in your favor. So in general, if you're in very competitive markets, if you have a very large service area, having a lot of locations and having that kind of, again, digital franchise model and looking at that more as a marketing expense than like an operating expense, especially if you're not operating out of that branch or that location, um, those one by one are not going to give you a ton of volume, but it's all you know a sustainable stackable way to, to increase your visibility in all of your markets and get leads at somewhat of a cost-effective rate, especially if you can get re- rent that isn't insanely expensive.
1: Yeah. So you you were talking about the zero clicks, uh, the the uh, um you know the the uh bypassing your website. So it seems to me that the most important thing there are reviews. Now we have clients who pay their technicians for reviews. Does that become more and more important? And how much would you? Pay hey, your technician because that becomes part of the cost of a lead, but you can't really attribute it to a specific lead. Are you are you talking to people about doing stuff like that?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm more in favor of building a review generation system and using tools and technology to just do that for you versus asking your technicians. Because, I mean, as a customer of Triangle Pest Control, I very rarely come face to face with my technician. And so, but do I get a text message after every service to ask me to leave a review? Yeah. So I'm more on, on the side of leaning into, on technology to automate all of that and not really... You know, leaning on your technicians and people to necessarily drive that. So, I think having a good system for continuous review generation has been extremely important, and it's not necessarily more important, but it's you. You, there's no end. Point there. You don't just stop on review generation. You need to keep going, and that needs to be a continuous part of your overall marketing strategy. Is is really just leveraging technology to do that, and that's a lot of what I kind of want to talk about as far as you know how marketing strategies in general need to change. You know, in the short term and in the long term, it's really you know how how can you use technology and build a tech stack in your business that reduces people costs. And you can use that money to reinvest into other areas like technology and advertising as that continues to get more expensive. And I think that's actually a great example of where can you rely less on people and leverage technology to automate things that are going to be valuable to your business.
2: I mean, as a side note, and, and I know most of our listeners know this, but just just know that I think, at least to my knowledge, every major CRM in our business has this automated in some way that you can, you know, even, I mean, I mean, I mean, I know WorkWave has an automation for this. I know Routes has it, and I don't want to name drop all of them, but I'm pretty sure, and I think most of our listeners already have this working, right? But but you're absolutely right. You, you got to make it into a system, make it automatic. Um But I also see value in the technician if they do get to meet with the person. I mean, one of the things that we like to tell them is, you know, tell the customer, look, we, we want to provide five-star service. Like we set that expectation up front so that we can, we can hopefully get the review. This is not, obviously not about reviews, but but just little things that you can do to try to make sure that if you do get a review and you get something from a customer, there is a personal touch and they understand what you're trying to do. So, so there's. Scotty, okay, do, so you, there's
1: did, do you, uh, do you incentivize your technicians to get reviews or no?
2: I, <laughs> we have standards. I'll just say that we have standards and Rachel's, Rachel's smiling at me because she knows what I'm saying. I have standards and, and you know, we, my expectation is that you'll meet the standard. So, and if you don't, then we'll help. So, <laughs> but I mean, most people, it's pretty straightforward, right? I mean, we have it pretty well integrated. You, you almost have to not want to do it in order to not do it. But um, so let's back up. So things that I can do, number one is, is I can realize like, okay, I'm going to have to broaden my marketing through multi-channel marketing. i May have to get a couple of different locations. Um, I'm going to have to make sure that, you know, I am using texting to some degree. I don't know how many folks are using marketing texting campaigns. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those can be a little dicey, so just be careful as you do those. Check the laws in your state. There's email marketing. What else is there to do now that we have kind of this new landscape?
0: Yeah. And I'm not even thinking of it in the sense of channels as far as email versus PPC, but more just one, I think quick wins are, and I, I think we touched on this last episode as far as maximizing those low cost, high margin sales opportunities. So things like implementing a system for current customer upsells and win back strategies and maximizing customer referrals, right? Like those are very low cost ways to generate new sales um, in the form of revenue. And so there's a lot of different channels that you can leverage to be able to do that, whether it is texting, email marketing, you know, more in-person things like, you know, leave behinds or direct mail pieces or customer letters that go to their mailbox. But I think You know, from my experience, not a lot of business owners have systems in place to automatically do these things, to automatically, you know, send emails and texts for current customer upsells or to, you know, send a campaign once a year or twice a year to customers that have recently canceled in the last 6 to 12 months or, you know, to... to on an ongoing basis, remind people that there's great customer referral deals or even run seasonal deals with that during, you know, the busy season when someone's most likely to need pest control, maybe increase your referral deal during that time and see if, you know, you can get extra sales from that. Like, I feel like that's the, the easiest, like low hanging fruit that we all know is important, but that in my experience, a lot of companies don't have, again, systems and technology in place to actually do this in a smart way ongoing way, maybe just one campaign here and there when they think of it, but they don't have that system built out. So I would say that that is, is a big one. Um, yeah, never stop focusing on review generation that continues to be extremely important. You know, you guys talked before about price increasing price increases for existing customers. Um, I know customers don't want, or business owners don't want to do that all the time, but it, it very is a, it very much is a quick way to get more revenue from your existing customers. Um, one thing that I'm curious to hear your perspective on, Donnie, is how do you feel about discounts for new customers? You know, let's say you're raising the rates for existing customers, but just to get a new customer in the door, you know, however much you're willing to pay for a lead. You know, let's say you're willing to pay $150 for a legitimate lead, and on average, you tend to generate them at, you know, 80 dollars $80 a single lead, but volume is your issue, or maybe closing is your issue. You know, are you willing to negotiate price with customers in order to make that deal? Is that something that your CSRs are given the flexibility to do if it means making a making a sale? Okay.
2: So this is the part where people are going to disagree with me because I've been on both sides of the fence on this one. So a couple things. Number one, yes and no. Okay. And it depends. So there you go. So the first thing is when we did the doors this year, yes, we did have a a deal on the door. It was on the door only and it was discounted. And and our our sales teams used that and it kind of worked. I have gone all over the map on this and I'm going to tell you where I landed. I'm not telling you I'm right, wrong or different. I'm just going to tell you my, my journey. So I used to think that more volume was fantastic. And so we would do we would do discounted initials in fact one year i went with no contracts and like basically half initial price and here's what i found number one is that we did a lot of volume like it absolutely had the effect that i wanted but we made less money and what i mean by that is that we had higher cancels uh, especially the year that i did no contracts which was just a huge fail for us um because you know people essentially Called in, they got the deal for the recurring service. They had no commitment. And as soon as the problem was solved, they were canceling. So I kind of I I, I created that. The other thing I will say is that we incentivize for full price sales now. Um mm-hmm. are there some are there some wiggle room? Yeah, yeah, but I don't to me it's like it'll go down to a certain point. Like for us, we don't like selling initials less than 149. That I'm talking about, I'm just talking strictly past control here. Obviously, depending on where you're at in the United States, that could be totally different but but so we incentivize we incentivize our people to to make sure that we get full price sales. And so I I'm, I'm kind of at the mindset now and this this has a lot to do with the fact of where we're at as a business. In my early days, I would do anything to get you to say yes, you know. I mean, we needed the money. <laughs> um but, but you know, now it's like I would much rather have a smaller more Profit company than a larger, less profitable company that's basically making the same amount of dollar amounts. And so, so yes and no. I don't think it's a huge driver. I think Mm -hmm. what is the main driver in terms of marketing and closing sales, especially in pest control. I'm not talking lawn care right now. Lawn care is definitely more price sensitive, but pest control—it's all about professionalism and speed. And can Mm -hmm. you? I mean, like it—it is absolutely like Mm -hmm. can you respond quickly and well? And that's that's the driver behind what's going to close the sale. Not on long care. Long care, it's a little bit longer sale and they are more price sensitive, but you still don't need to give the, away
1: the, that. Yeah. Away the, the, the other thing with discounting is that it's not like, you know, if I give away a dollar and, you know, we've gone through how much of the dollar goes to marketing, how much goes to gross market, you know, how much uh you know so so if if i'm putting 20% on the bottom line if i give away a dollar i'm not giving away 20 cents i'm giving away that full dollar it hits the bottom line so if you've got a 500 dollar uh you know 100 and quarter you know times 4 if you've got a 500 dollar quarterly and you're going to give away 50 dollars and you're at a 20% margin you've just given away half of your uh, profit, so it's it's very discounting is very very expensive. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that, geez, you know I I, I agree with you, Donnie, uh, on the uh, discounting is okay. You're gonna you're gonna give somebody a a brand new customer a discount, but their neighbor who's been with you for five years doesn't get it. You know now what yeah. happens?
0: Yeah, so. I ask because from my experience, the things that you just talked about that are the main differentiators, let's say same day service, right? Fast service, professionalism, texting, automatic updates, right? Like just ease and convenience, all of those things. What like what happens when every pest control company is doing that and every company has good reviews and it does come down to price? And I mean, again, I, I say that from my own personal experience of just buying a house and where it's like yeah you have two great companies that are offering literally the exact same thing and the same outcome which is let's say no bugs right you both can promise that if it's going to come down to five dollars less a month i'm probably going to go with what's five dollars less a month right so i'm not even crazy you know price reductions or whatever it's just if you're offering me the same thing and i believe the quality is going to be the same from all the different factors i can look at whether that's your reviews how many times a year you come to my home right? Like I'm probably going to go with the less one. Now, if there's big discrepancies and yeah, a slightly more expensive company can come out tomorrow and I can get it cheaper, but they can't come out for a week. Sure. But like, let's say everything else is an even playing field, which is what it it kind of seems like where the industry is heading is a lot of what used to be differentiators. Most companies are doing these things and the competitive advantages that you thought you once had, you don't really have anymore because everyone else is doing it. And that's, you, that's something you, I think about a lot.
1: Of- Yeah, you're commoditizing it and that's not what it is. And so you've got a good salesperson. So the first thing that you have to do is make that salesperson likable, right? Once they get the service, they're either going to stay with you or they're not. But the salesperson has to be likable and has to be able to make that sale and and point out that differentiation. But the worst thing that can happen, what what you're saying is it's kind of that if, if it's truly happening, which I don't believe it is. That means you've got a commodity, and you you don't need any salesperson. You don't need anything. It's just you know bid on what you know. It, it's it's like going after a public bid, lowest price. That's it. You know. Well, I, I'm gonna say right
2: public. now we're we're not ever gonna be commoditized because we do service. No. Mm-hmm. I agree. You're dealing with, you. with you're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, say like it's just and but, it's always gonna be. But that.
1: in communicating, Rachel, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. We have the best service. We have clean uh you know vehicles we are going to show up on time you know but the the question is can you execute it and and a lot of companies don't execute on on what they say they're going to do for sure yeah i
0: do think that you know that kind of leads into as far as long term what do business owners need to do is and it's really developing and continuing to to pivot those competitive advantages and really crafting that intentional image and brand you know what do you want your company to be known for um a lot of times when we're working with new customers and we ask what are their competitive advantages it's, it's exactly what you just said Dan it's great service best service same day service and it's like again we work with hundreds of companies that are saying the same thing so it cannot be if everyone does the same thing it's not unique and so i think you know that is really important and the way that i like to think of that is something that we kind of we kind of have a framework that we use from a leadership management people management thing it's uh perspective it's called pie and it's essentially um, performance, image, and exposure. And it's very much centered around, you know, you want to focus on performance and results first. So for pest control companies, that would be, can you actually deliver, you know, the service and can you deliver it well? And then from there, once you feel confident in, okay, we can get generate results as a company, we perform well, let's work on really crafting our image. And then once you really have an image that you feel proud of and that you feel confident in, then focus on exposure, getting yourself out there. But oftentimes this is kind of done out of order, right? Like Companies don't have their ish together. Um, they don't really have an image, and then they, you know, put a ton into marketing and they, you know, expose themselves, so to speak. Um, but they don't really have a brand, and they don't really have a good system in place to deliver on those results. And so, oftentimes, you have to go back to the drawing board, and you know, that's when you have to focus on operationally what are the things that we need to do, and then who are we? Who is my company? What do I want us to be known for? What do I want our brand to be? And I think. Again, in my experience, a lot of lawn and pest control companies don't really have brand images and stories and they don't know what those competitive advantages are or who, you know, what they want that story to be about their brand. And so it makes it harder to even try and tap into more of those, those branding marketing opportunities when you don't have a dedicated brand story, message and tone and all of those things
2: and i would the only thing i would add to that is that it, it this is very difficult to do because you know when when you get into talking about brand and what do you want people to remember about your company everything has to say it and that's more difficult than you might think you know everything has to say it you know your service tickets need to say it your trucks need to say it your website needs to say it your you know all your your mail pieces it's like it you would be shocked at least i was shocked that how, how many different signals and how many different messages were going out from our company and how difficult it is to have all those lined up. And you know, this is kind of getting back into marketing basics, which, you know, it's like most things, right? If the fundamentals were easy, everyone would do it, right? Everyone would be in shape and have a ton in their savings account. But the, the, the reality of it is, is that this is something that's, this is like marketing one one but it absolutely is, it's, it matters more now. You cannot get away would just, you know, throw it on a pay-per-click campaign and riding, you know, riding that out. It just, it just does not work that way anymore. Anything else you can think of that we need to add as far as like long-term uh, strategy on, you know, as far as like how to, do, how do you, you know, prep? I mean, I, I think the take-home message I'm getting from you, at least for the long-term is like, go back to the basics and do marketing the right way. The mm-hmm. fundamentals of marketing, which is, you know, your messaging, your branding. And then making sure it's all lined up and and be across multiple um channels. And and I think that's what I heard. Um mm-hmm. but but anything else that you can think of to add to that?
0: I mean, we didn't I feel like we didn't even get into it, but the really the evaluating your business operations and finding the efficiencies. This is something we're going through as, you know, a digital marketing business as far as labor is getting, and talent is getting more and more expensive and you need to grow. You need to hit those revenue goals, but you also need to hit your profit goals. But how do you do that? If you have to pay people more, you need, you know, you need more as you get bigger. And so really building that tech stack in your business that, you know, could reduce people costs and find ways to, you know, find where you're, you're spending money in your business, not just in marketing, where are those efficiencies? How can you use technology to automate things? How can you use technology to do things faster? And then taking that money to reinvest in your company, um, in, in the marketing and the, in the growth of your company. And that's, that's a big old, that could be a whole other episode in itself, right? Because it's what does that actually look like for a home service business? But I think that a lot of times we see our customers say, okay, you're telling me I need to spend more in advertising or I need to spend more in branding. But at the end of the day, they're looking at their PL and and it's like, the money's gotta come from somewhere, right? If you don't want to lower your goals, then it's got to come from somewhere. Where does it come? And that's kind of long term how I think pest control and lawn care business owners need to think is where is that money going to come from long term? Um, and it's got to come from technology.
1: It well, it's got to come from efficiency. Route efficiency is where you can squeeze everything out. You know, could you? take down your marketing costs. Yeah. But if you want less leads, right. But, but that, you know, that's not a a strategy trying to save paper clips in the office. That's not going to do it. So it's all about efficiency and pricing on the top line. Right. So those are the two things. Once you can get that, then you can spend more on marketing, but we've seen this before, right? This is the yellow pages, a high-tech version of the yellow pages all over again. The question is the yellow pages were old technology and they got wiped out. Google and 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 digital is not old technology. What happens to it? Where, do, where does it? You know, uh, you know, where does it end? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I the only thing I and we got to finish out here. And, and Rachel, I appreciate you being on on the podcast. I think at least for me, I like I got a lot of good nuggets. I just say this because we've not said it. A little depressing, sure, though.
1: But but keep going.
2: I would say it's depressing. <laughs> but you, let's also the one thing I would add to this entire conversation and I'm going to wrap it up with this, which is, you know, if you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. Don't ever lose sight of the fact you need to be a good operator. If you suck as an operator, you can put all kinds of marketing on your company and it's not going to work. And so, so step one is client fulfillment, right? Step one is delivering the promise. Step one is making sure that when someone calls you that you can actually you can actually execute, and you can do it well. And so, don't lose sight of that. I, you know, I would say that even if your brain is swimming from all of this, you can focus on being a super good operator. You know, marketing is like gasoline. You know, if you are a crappy operator, marketing is nothing. Right? It's an inner, it's an inner ingredient. Right? It's not going to do anything. I mean, I shouldn't say it do anything, but it's not going to, it's not going to move the needle. So, so just don't, don't lose sight of that. I always, I think that's an important point. So, all righty, well, Rachel, Rachel. Fantastic episode. Thank you for coming back on board. It's been great to have you here. We'll probably bring you back next year as we start getting prepped for the season next year. Lots of good information for our listeners to take back as always, we appreciate and love reviews that are positive and our five-star we, we, we strive for five-star service. Um, if you have complaints, if there's things that you don't like, as always, we ask that you write off that to Dan. And with that, we're signing off. We'll see you all next time. Take care.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah. Sure. Right,
2: Bye.